Next on BYU Sports Nation, determining how big BYU football's win at Arizona really is. What happens if BYU beats Cal and starts the season 2-0? David Nixon will join us. And what's the difference between a full-size offensive lineman and a travel-sized offensive lineman? Plus, BYU volleyball climbing toward number one. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 4th, wherever and however you're connected. It's great to have you with us. I am- I'm Jerem Jordan alongside 15th year student reporter Spencer Linton. Someone on Twitter thought you were a student. <laughs> You're in your 30s. Like, it's been a while. (laughs) Oh, I was flattered by the notion on social media that I could still look young enough to be considered a student. Is this the face of a student? Yeah. No. I'm not a student either, just FYI. No. It's been been almost a decade for me as well. More than a decade for you. What? What? Sorry, uh, in spite of what some of you think, we are paid professionals. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm being cast in the new Saved by the Bell movie as Zach Morris coming up. Yeah, we're at least paid. The professional <laughs> part depends on the day. Yeah, depends on the day. Oh. You, uh, you anchored uh, at KSL TV yesterday in Salt Lake. Yeah, that was local cool. that was cool. NBC affiliate. I was wondering if City. you'd still have a job here this morning. Oh, I was like, did goodness. he... Did, is it over? Like, what happened? Now, it's always funny. When you I kid, do, I know. When you I do know. something like that, people kind of just... Oh, is it all? Is it all changing? Is everything changing? Like, well, you're the sub. no, you're the sub, and that's why I sent out a tweet initially saying, "Hey, I'm just spot filling," but I I appreciate the concern and I appreciate all the, seven of those people. Again, the tweet that suggested <laughs> I am a, a paid student at KSL, and I jokingly quoted that tweet and said, "Wait, you're paid? <laughs> I thought this was an internship the whole time." <laughs> Yeah. We're five years into this amazing internship on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, they just put those two students up there. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. Here's what we've got for you on a jam-packed show. Just a couple of interns having fun. Speaking of students, by the way, first day of class for BYU students. Yeah, welcome so, back. So good luck. Good luck. I know everyone's super yeah. excited for homework again. Uh, school got in the way of my education. <laughs> that makes sense? Today we go two-on-one with BYU offensive lineman Austin Hoyt. That in about 15 minutes. Jeremy, he's really a first-class guy. Yeah, fun story there. David Nixon will join us in studio in 40 minutes. He feels really bad about missing countdown to kickoff and wants to have a he say should, on dude. the BYU-Arizona football game. Also, fresh off beating number one-ranked Stanford. The Haddock Twins, or I should say this is a Haddock epic. and yeah. an Epic. It's going to be epic, this segment. In Between the Lines with Lauren McLean. And now we present today's top storylines across BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, Kalani Sitake made it very clear. Four and nine, and now Arizona are things of the past. He doesn't care about them. He's not going to rehash them. It's time to focus on Cal, game number two. Saturday night, 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 8.15 Mountain local time kickoff. Media availability today will be at roughly 7.35 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that on Facebook Live. On the BYU TV Sports account. 
Bronson Kafusi signs with the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. Practice squad. While DeAndre Wesley signs with the Buffalo Bills. Practice squad. Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs has been played placed on injured reserve. BYU women's volleyball jumps six spots in the latest AVCA coaches poll after knocking off number one ranked Stanford up to number three. Nice. Ronnie Jones-Perry is West Coast Conference Player of the Week in women's volleyball. RJP finished the week with 49 kills and 24 digs while recording her 1,000th career kill in the win over top-ranked Stanford. Cougars are 5-0 on the season. Wow. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU is an 11.5-point underdog, Jerem. Ended Arizona's 17-game home opener win streak. A road Power 5 victory. Gauntlet stone clinching. Tanner Mangum's first Power 5 win. Extremely satisfying. I ask you this question. How big of a win was the win over Arizona? It's hard to quantify in that way, but it was really important. It was really big. Um, It was big in a lot of ways. One, that it was the first game of the season. And all the juice and energy is restored from last year's pathetic, forgettable season, right? Um, According to one source, it's the first time BYU won a game as a 10-point dog as an unranked opponent since 2000. BYU was ranked in 2009 against Oklahoma and was more than a 10-point dog and won that, but as an unranked team. So that was big in terms of the upset by odds, okay? And now, BYU just isn't going to be a bowl-eligible team in all likelihood, in my opinion. It's a team going for eight-plus wins, which is was I thought was out of the question. But guess what? One great game can restore things. Now, someone brought up in Twitter a, a great point. Be careful, 2004 Notre Dame. BYU opened the season with a win against Notre Dame, still had a losing season, didn't go to a bowl game. Okay, I think that's a valid point. But I think that BYU is going to win seven-plus games now. Perhaps eight. We'll see in the regular season. I saw enough, and it's still sort of an overreaction, and we need to see a few games to really see what BYU is. But I trust that the changes that BYU have made are going to stay. It's about understanding what is the biggest concern at this juncture. What is the biggest concern? Following game number one. Because then you can begin to kind of pick apart, all right, uh, let's look at the actual quality of this BYU football team compared to Arizona and then project on what's going to happen. It's going to be hard for us to really know how big of a win this is until the end of the season. That's that's how we really quantify things, right? Well, no, there's two. There's, There's... How it feels in the moment, and then well, there's what it actually that, was. That's what I'm getting there's to. Two, yeah. Okay, so and it feels big right now. It feels big in the moment, but we won't know ultimately until the entire season plays out. Right. Well, re- I think that people give more credence to in the moment than they do later. So, for example, beating Texas both times felt huge, right? Those weren't good Texas teams. Right now, they weren't ranked I'll like say ranked at much. the end of the season. Right now, I'll say this much: for BYU's confidence. It was yes. enormous. Yes. Enormous. They had to sit on the 4-9 and nine off season. How brutal was that? They worked hard. They were told they worked hard. They needed to see validation. And they got it in the form of something that no team has done at Arizona Stadium since 2000, and Ohio State did it. They won 
to ruin the season opener for the Wildcats. And BYU showed that we've got a new offensive coordinator. We're a different team. We've got national writers saying, oh, they've got a ferocious defense. And they've got uh, well, no, longer, no longer is their offense anemic. It, it was huge for the confidence of BYU football in the moment, giving them swagger as they come home to take on the next game in a brutal September schedule. They needed it in the worst way. Every football team speaks the love language of touchdowns of affirmation, Spencer. Mm -hmm, Don't forget mm -hmm. that. We discussed realistic best-case scenarios for months, and now we're staring at one, okay? The Cougars took down Arizona. Now the only Power 5 team at home this season will be here Saturday in the Cal Golden Bears. Spencer, if BYU starts 2-0, then what? First and foremost, then I will be right. Because I said a long time ago, if BYU beats Arizona, there is no way with yeah. that positive juju coming back from Arizona. Oh, this makes sense. Yeah. If they're going to lose to it's Cal. It's a home game to an inferior field. opponent. Like, Cal isn't as good as Arizona, we think. So, be, then, then I guess we'll be right. Oh, it just makes logical sense. Yeah. 2-0. and And the hype train, which picked up some major speed, oh! will start rolling on tracks. Okay. <laughs> what? What hype train? Is BYU better about the Cougars winning eight games then? Yeah, I think they're going to win eight now. Okay. Like, I'm like, you, I think whoa, BYU whoa, wins whoa, eight now. Whoa, whoa. Because I think they beat Cal. Yeah. So, you, so you're eight. You're eight right now. I'm close to eight. Wow. I'm really close. Jerem, welcome. Well, welcome. they got an unexpected win. I was sitting at six, so they're up to seven. Maybe they do beat Northern yeah, right. and win all games. Like, do you think BYU is going to win every game at home now, right now? Do Do you think BYU loses to Cal or Northern Illinois or somebody else? Hawaii, Utah State. Well, Hawaii is a lot better. New Mexico than we thought State, they would McNeese. Be. No, no. At worst, I think five BYU and is one. Five and one. Home. At worst, at worst, maybe a slip up. Northern Illinois or Utah State or Hawaii actually looks at, decent. At worst, right I think BYU goes we'll five see. and one at home. Yeah. And so with the road win at Arizona already out of the way, and then your six. And wins. then UMass is a guaranteed win, so there are seven oh, wins goodness. at least on the schedule. So if you don't slip up at home, it's eight. Okay, for me, if BYU starts 2-0, then what? The quest for perfection is alive. Let's bust out the T-shirts again like 08, baby, when Spencer Linton was a recent grad. Woo! Uh, then BYU getting to eight wins is really possible if Tanner Mangum st stays healthy. Then the best cana uh, case scenario happened, which is 2-0. And then week three happens, probably a loss, uh, and then you play McNeese State, you go 3-1. and if BYU wins Saturday, by the way, I don't think they ever go below five. No, no, yeah, that's the rest the of the season, which is a huge deal. Yeah, and we we've talked about that. Stay uh, above five hundred. If BYU wins on Saturday, at what point are they below five hundred? At any point, in the I don't think they will season? be. Another thing that could happen if BYU starts two zero, people start to talk about BYU a little bit because BYU opens up the season with two Power Five wins. So coming off of three and nine, uh, four and nine, sorry, three. FBS wins, zero against Power 5 teams. Then BYU all of a sudden starts 2-0, has half the amount of wins from last year suddenly, and both were Power 5 wins, which they didn't do at all last year. And the gauntlet, you've acquired two of the stones? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Kay. I think that'd be awesome. I have one more thing to add to this if BYU starts 2-0, and that is there will be some national writers, and I think there will be multiple national writers, that make this more about the demise of the Pac-12. Oh, the Pac-12. Well, it's down. not like it's not like BYU's playing the top tier schools right now. They're playing Arizona and Cal. Arizona BYU was supposed is... to contend for the Pac-12 South. They got shut out by a BYU team that's coming off a four and nine season. Cal doesn't look good. 
Like there will be that that rhetoric that oh the the Pac twelve is super weak. BYU has always been equal to or better than Arizona and Cal. BYU's three and one all time against Cal. Yeah, Arizona's never and, been to the Rose Bowl. And after BYU's win at Arizona, on SC Saturday, and Washington, they, they've played twenty four times. BYU has eleven wins, twelve losses, and I think there's one tie. I mean, and a bunch of those were when BYU stunk at football. They're basically the split 50s down the middle. 70s. Yeah. All right, Jerem, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes was hoping for and got a taste of cohesion within his team. That cohesion has manifested itself in several ways. Listen to this. I felt really good about him, and there's been so much growth in him in the in the last eight months. I've seen him come from a guy that um, I wasn't sure uh, about initially, and um, I think he'd he'd tell you that too. To Why weren't you that, sure? Um, he just he was unproven and a little bit um, like a lot of our guys. Um, I think just coming out of a situation where they didn't know how much they could trust us as mm. coaches and didn't know how much uh, we didn't know how much we could trust them. And over a period of time, that trust built. And certainly, um, I hope that that they grew to trust us, and we certainly grew to trust them over that time. But they've they've proven themselves and he did that as much as anyone in in the past number of months but I had absolutely no question um, that he would do that and as a matter of fact I singled him out as one of several guys in my pregame talk to the offense and I said I got no question you're going to get it when we give it to you on on third and one and Hmm. so and there was one moment in the game where where we had an opportunity to to go for it and I looked at him and said what do you want what run do you want and he said it and I said okay that's what we're running all right, Jeff Grimes showing some trust in the players around him in game number one. Jerem, do you believe, with those things in mind, listening to what Jeff Grimes just said, that the culture of BYU football has changed after only one game? I couldn't hear anything you said. I was just looking at that mustache. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we play it again? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes. But not because of one game. Because of eight months. Yeah. We've seen spring ball. They had PRPs. We saw fall camp. This didn't happen in an instance. Jeff Grimes didn't show up a week ago and go, this is what we're doing. We're going to have this game plan. It's been eight months of buildup. So, yes, I believe the culture has changed. Just one simple anecdote. The up-downs that the team does for mistakes, ball on the ground, false start, procedure, penalties, whatever, it's like per yard. There's physical accountability, okay? Um, it's simple offense, too. It's jet sweeps, check downs, rushing game. This isn't hard. You have a senior quarterback. He's making those plays. Um, physical, disciplined execution, offensive line. These are things BYU can do. BYU recruits these types of players. Good offensive linemen, good linebackers. BYU always has a good running back, good hands receivers, quality quarterback. No, it's been eight months, so yes, the culture has changed, even though it's been one game. What better manifestation to prove that the culture has changed than a high-pressure, highly scrutinized, national televised game on the road against a Power 5 team? What, what else do you need to see once you get to everything they work for? They work for these 12 or 13 games every year, and they want to be their best and show that they are the most disciplined. And they want to be the extreme of every good thing in those games. BYU was pretty darn good against Arizona in a lot of ways that they were not good last year. 
Juxtapose those two situations. Yes, and it's not just the score. It's it's not just the end. It's, it's the means. How everything looks, how it, everything feels, how yes. everything is executed. It's yes. sharp. It's precise. Yes. It's decisive. They know what they're doing. So you want an evidence that the culture has changed? Look at what BYU did last year and compare it with what BYU did like, in game one this year. Remember the feeling of losing to UMass at home? Now think of the feeling of yeah. beating Arizona. Yeah. Like, that's a night and day, two different teams with basically the same players. So what changed? What changed? Coaching. Coaching changed. And that changed the culture. Accountability breeds culture shift. Now breeds at least one win in the 2018 season. Jeff Grimes inherited a company that had a bad year. A couple of bad quarters. By quarters, I mean the, in the business sense. Okay, He shows up. He changes the ideology, the, the culture, the execution of strategies, the business model, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Instant change. Okay, That can happen. Coaching matters. Yes. This is the, the, the restaurant metaphor, right? Where typically you go to a restaurant that you like a lot. You've had a lot of good experiences there. But they got a new manager, and the service was bad this time around, and uh, you didn't get your food on time, and it was a little bit cold. And so you kind of hesitate before you go back to it again this time. Well, they get a new manager. They re, uh, that manager does a good job of kind of re-inspiring the employees to work harder, and the owner up top feels pretty good about what his manager is doing. So BYU football – in this restaurant metaphor, is now, at least the last time you went, serving some good food again, getting back to what you have expected over the last 20 years you've been visiting this, your favorite place. Did you try a Sonora, Doug? No. I'm so disappointed. But I Why was, did we even send you to I Tucson? Was in, I was in Tucson for all of, like, 12 hours. <laughs> Come on, man. Looks like I'm going to the next road game. <laughs> there for 12 hours. <laughs> I don't know about you. I eat three times in 12 hours. Our question of the day. What's <laughs> open at 2 a.m.? There was no Sonoran dog available at 2 a.m. That's not true. Anymore. Waffle House was Saturday available, Saturday night though. in Tucson? Come no, on, I, baby. Trust me. It wasn't. Question of the day. If BYU football starts 2-0, Jerem, then what? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. I'll eat a Sonoran dog. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Roberts Jason C. in on Twitter. It will add to the excitement of the season. There's the hype train. And give hope and some level of confidence that BYU can be competitive with the likes of Wisconsin and Washington. That's the right word, competitive. I just want to see BYU be competitive. What is competitive against a team like Washington? Within two scores. Washington or Wisconsin. Can we have a blowout of 17-plus? By the way, Taysom Mill was never blown out by that by that ideology. Fifteen. 15 the yeah. Hiram Flake. That's a Mormon name. I mean, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't think we can pull out a win at Wisconsin, but it gives me hope that Boise State and Utah are winnable. Ten and two, baby. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Can be yeah. That BYU can compete with those. Things. Yes, yes. And let's just play Cal and see where we get. That's CJ Wildboy <laughs> on Instagram. Would he get into BYU with that name? <laughs> they better keep rolling and show Wisconsin what they're made of. I don't know that many teams will show Wisconsin what they're made of. We're talking but we'll about get a, to that one. Yeah. We'll get to that one. We're, yeah. we're talking about a team that 
could legitimately compete for the national championship this year. Yeah. Okay? Well, we know it's not Michigan. This is slow, slow the roll. Coming up, David Nixon joins us. What he saw Saturday that tells him things are different this year for BYU. And, and Jerem, what is a travel-sized offensive lineman? Because apparently that's a thing on BYU's it's, it's football It's a thing. Team. There's a person. Austin Hoyt joins us, and he's got the details. This is BYU Sports Nation. Need a Sonora dog, for goodness sake. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, eat a Sonora dog and watch BYU football with Kalani Satake as host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, Squally Canada, and offensive line coach Ryan Pugh. It's tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. And if you want to join the show in person, you can go to BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Just a couple of interns having a good time. (laughs) Someone's like, they are? If you miss the show live, download the podcast or watch it by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever you want. Our question of the day, if BYU football starts 2-0, then what? Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Jeremy and I recently had an opportunity to go two-on-one with one of the big beauties up front, Jerem. I can, I'm continuing to make that a thing. There are some good-looking dudes. There's some ugly ones, too, but whatever. Austin Hoyt. Any group of people, right? Austin Hoyt was the man we sought out to find out He's a good looking what went well against Arizona and get more on the current status of the offensive line. Also, what's a travel-sized offensive lineman? We're two-on-one, BYU football, all access on BYU Sports Nation. Austin, it's not often that the offensive line is the headliner from a season opener, but it certainly yeah. feels that way. So uh, what has that been like as you have – kind of dealt with some added attention after the win at Arizona? Um, I think for me, I think mo- mostly my family texts me all the articles and stuff. I don't do a lot of reading in the news and everything, but I think it's it's an honor. I think it's just humbling for us. I think it's just a sign of all the hard work we've put in this off season and our efforts to try to be unified as a group. And so, yeah, I think there's still lots more we got to improve on, so we'll just keep getting better week by week. So, yeah, it's kind of fun that to hear about that the O-line is recognized and we just are always trying to do our best. <laughs> I think the game ball was given to Jeff Grimes and Ryan Pugh. Did you guys want to hold on to that too after the game? Like you guys were the one that executed that? Uh, yeah, so I think they said the game ball was to those guys in the offensive line. Okay. And so, then we called up Squally to lead, up, lead us in the fight song nice, too because nice. he makes us look good. So, yeah. <laughs> If I were you, I'd just keep that ball all week, just in tow. Yeah, that way you get to tote the rock, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know where it went, so <laughs> I'm sure someone has it. <laughs> One of the five. <laughs> now, I know the coaches and your teammates, you've been telling each other, look, we, we work harder than everyone else. We're doing things that other teams are not doing. But there is something that happens when that's validated with actual proof on the field. And I could tell there were moments in the game where it's like, okay, we've been hearing this and we've been encouraging each other. But now we, now we see it. What does that do for the confidence of, of the offensive line and the team moving forward? 
Well, I think just from a whole team perspective, I think the defense was just fired up to see how well we're moving the ball, how physical the offensive line was playing. And I think it helped them just be motivated to keep playing at their best. And then Coach Pugh always tells us that everything starts with the offensive line. So if we come out energized, ready to play, playing physical, it's going to carry over into every single position. So that was our mindset going into the game is that it started with us and we wanted that to just spread throughout the whole team. At halftime, you were trailing, but it felt like it was close to being what we saw in the second half. So at halftime, what was the conversation like? And then what was it like to see that validated in the third quarter, which was basically perfect offensively? Yeah, so I think a big part was we just talked about everyone doing doing their job, like I think a big saying Coach Pugh says as well is control what you can control. I think that's a big thing that we thought about going out into the next half is just everyone focusing on their assignments and doing everything within their control to contribute to the offense. And I think it paid off. Uh, yeah, to the tune of three touchdowns in the yeah. third quarter. Mm-hmm. You go up 28-10. to 10. What kind of emotion are you feeling in that moment? We were just excited. We were just having fun out there. Just it's fun when the offense is rolling and things are going our way, and when guys are making big plays like Dylan Colley's catch, we were all fired up about that. And I think it's just when things get rolling, it just takes a lot, brings a lot of momentum to the offense, and it's just a lot of fun. Like a pseudo member of the offensive line is the fullback, Braden O'Bakery, yeah, because he's uh-huh. in there. What I was so impressed by the way he played. What did you think of his performance? I thought he had a he had a great game. He calls himself a, a travel size offensive lineman, <laughs> so, <laughs> which we think is funny. <laughs> but even off the field, he spends a lot of time with us, and he's a he's a great player. But I thought his performance in the game was really really good. I'm on a movement to change the idea that the offensive line up front are the big uglies. Now I'm calling yeah. it the big beauties. Are are you are you okay with that movement? Yeah, no, I think. All of us are good-looking guys, so (laughs) most of us are married or engaged or have beautiful girlfriends, so it works out well. The big beauties. So if you're big big and ugly, it usually doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the best-looking offensive lineman? Uh, Definitely me. Yeah, yes. (laughs) I like the confidence. That's great. Yes, yes. That's great. Okay, now that you turn your attention to Cal, uh, I know that it was a super emotional high coming home on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, really, uh, from Tucson, but... You know, now that you turn the page, what do you, what do you know about Cal? What, what do you anticipate with the matchup with the Bears? Um, I haven't watched a ton of film on them yet. I think we'll dig into them a lot today. But, I mean, they're from watching their game on Saturday a little bit when they played North Carolina, it seemed that they had a pretty, fi- like, fired-up defense. Seemed They made a lot of turnovers and everything. So I think I'm excited to kind of dig in today and learn more about their defensive line, their linebackers, and just focus on the guys who I'll be blocking. So, Was there a moment either in the game or fall camp or even spring where 4-9 and nine in last season was flushed out? Or did that happen during the game? Because I felt mm-hmm. like for me, I was like, 4-9 is gone. That is over. Yeah. I think for me, it, probably during the end of spring ball is when it was – just kind of flushed away like I I don't really ever think about it a ton like I recognize the type of season we had last year but I think I didn't think about it a lot during the summer but last or the last game was just a great relief for us to be able to know that that we're just able we're able to bounce back and everything and it was just a relief to be able to know that we can play well and that we can keep up with anyone so what do you expect Lavelle Edwards Stadium to be like Saturday night oh I think it'll be pretty crazy. I think 
I'm sure all the fans are excited to watch the home game and everything, especially after watching Arizona. So I think it'll be pretty loud and crazy, which would be great. So, How would you explain the crowd in Arizona that showed up on the road? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, there was a lot more than I expected. Uh, after the game when we sung the fight song, there was... I don't know how many, but they took up like a whole corner of the stadium. So it was fun to be able to sing the fight song with them. And they were they were loud on a couple of Arizona's fourth downs. So it was great to see all the support. Yeah, no, no question. It's fun to win. But it felt like you guys were having fun during the game. And that, yeah. that was something that's kind of been missing for a while. What, mm-hmm. what makes it fun in the moment? I think just being with your teammates, I think me personally, I've grown a lot closer to a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball this offseason. And so being able to encourage them, see the big plays that they're making, I think it makes it fun both to watch the defense and to be able to on offense, being able to play with my brothers and everything. So it was just great to be able to just play with each other. And I think just knowing all the work we put in the offseason and seeing the all unfold was a lot of fun for us. He's a full-size offensive lineman. Austin Hoyt. Take yeah. care of the travel size, Braden Albacri. Yeah, and, and, and you, you told us before the interview, let's finish with this. You, you and a couple other guys get to sit in the front of the plane because you're bigger, right? Explain that. Yeah, uh, yeah. so they have six first-class seats in the front of the plane. So it's me, Corbin, Kyrus, Brady, Schof, and Tree. They put some of the, the biggest guys up there, which is, <laughs> which is great. I appreciate it. The benefits of being big. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really, it should just be a reward for playing an awesome game. Whoever right? played the best, you get up front, <laughs> which is also the big guys. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. The big beauty, Austin Hoyt. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. And I mean that sincerely. The He's big the first beauty. first-class offensive lineman, literally. <laughs> literally. It's, no, he – well, he laughed because he had the uh, – False start penalty, I think, on the first drive, right? He's like, oh, man, I forgot we were going on two. Yeah, he's like, I just made sure that I avoided. <laughs> That's a classic I- flag football thing. You go up there, we're going on two. They're going to go offside, then we'll first and five. Yeah. He's classic. like, yeah, I, just totally, yeah. I totally forgot. Classic. He's like, I just made sure I avoided eye contact with Jeff. With Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do not look the, the angry person in the eye. Absolutely. Uh, oh, I got to go over here and get water. Oh, what? You need me over here, Kalani? Coming up, David Nixon joins us in studio. Did the Cougars or the Wildcats stop Khalil Tate on Saturday? And next, Lauren McLean back in Studio B, going between the lines with the Haddock twins. But one of them has a new last name, so we'll dive into that. And still twins. BYU Volleyball is jumping up the rankings, Lauren. Reason to dance, right? Woo! Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, and get right to today's BYUSN headlines. As we mentioned off the top of the show, BYU football now changing their focus to the Cal Golden Bears as they seek a 2-0 start to the 2018 season. Head coach Kalani Satake says, well, of course that's where the focus of the team is now. We'll still work harder this week and, and uh get us in a position that we can be 2-0. And, and that's that's what we're trying to get done. So we're really excited to move move on from this game. And there's some things we can learn on, but we've got to move on and get ready for Cal. And, uh, just really pleased with the guys' effort. I thought they, they played hard, and uh, that would give us a good chance to keep putting forth that effort. Post-practice media availability tonight hits roughly at 7.35 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Again, as the Cougars prepare for a Saturday night home opener, kickoff at 10.15 p.m. Eastern. 
Ken and the kickoff live at 9 Eastern as well. Join us. Bronson Kafusi signs with the New York Jets practice squad. DeAndre Wesley does the same with the Buffalo Bills. Daniel Sorensen of the Chiefs has been placed on injured reserve. BYU women's volleyball jumps six spots in the latest AVCA coaches poll all the way up to number three. This following the Cougars' big win over number one ranked Stanford last week. Next up for BYU, 10th ranked USC on Friday. And Ronnie Jones-Perry is West Coast Conference Player of the Week in women's volleyball. RJP finished the week with 49 kills, 24 digs, while recording her 1,000th career kill in the win over top-ranked Stanford. Cougars 5-0 this season. Let's just revel in that spotlight, shall we, for BYU women's volleyball. We shall. An incredible weekend highlighted by seniors showing out. And we welcome Lauren McLean with Between the Lines back into studio. Who's also not a student intern. Just want to point that out. I'm not a student. You're not no, a student. No, one, no one claimed I was. No, you're not or a an student. <laughs> Man. I, thought I was a little them. offended I wasn't included. <laughs> all Brian Logan was still a student. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, he acts like it, so. <laughs> uh, Brian is the youngest of all of us, though. Yes, he is. He is. So yes, he's yes. the closest to that. All but good. anyway. What a weekend, huh? What a weekend. So they awesome. were incredible. And right before that, I got to hang out with the twins, as I called them, uh-huh, the twins. Uh-huh. Lacey Haddock and Lindy Haddock Epic. What a sweet name, right? Epic. So sweet. Epic. I love it. That's an all-volleyball name. An all-volleyball name team name something. Yeah. All okay. Yes. Yes. Anyway, we're we'll moving stop on talking. from that. <laughs> Lunch. But, yes, Lunch. They, they're both 5'10". They can play pretty much any sport after talking to them. They're from Colorado, turned to Utah, and I wanted to get to know them a little better, so let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We are with seniors and sisters, Lacey Haddock and Lindy Haddock Epic from the women's volleyball team. This is Lunch with Lauren, and we're going to be making grilled cheese sandwiches. Lacey, we're going to start with you. Go ahead and show us uh, how you make your own grilled cheese. So I'm not a square girl. I'm more of a circular person. So you just want to slap that baby on there. Next, cut my cheese, hot dog style. So you can either put all the cheese on one slice or you can divvy. I'm a one slice kind of girl. Hear that, guy? She's a one slice kind of girl. Look at that. So you want to leave that there? Beautiful. Awesome. Lindy, now let's see your technique. We're just gonna slap this on here. I'm a crust kind of person. Okay. And then with this cheese, I think if we spread it evenly like this, you get the same amount of cheese in every bite. And we're just gonna slap that on there. See, and you have your classic. You got more sandwich with the crust. Well, let's let's get to know you guys a little bit. So you guys are from Longmont, Colorado. But then you went to Tempview High School. So tell me a little bit about that. When I was 15, my dad decided to move us out to Provo, and then graduated from Tempe, went to two years there. So, so did you guys always play volleyball growing up? We didn't start until like sixth grade, and I actually wanted to play basketball in college, and then kind of BOU came in the picture, and the fact that we were able to play somewhere together, it was really the only place that we had that option. Who was born first out of the two of you? Me. Four You're minutes. And does it, it, does it seem like she's older? See, all growing up, she was like, bigger than me. She had like ribs sticking out. Just no meat. She was buff, but just like all bones and just (laughs) You could see my ribs through the back of my jersey. Oh my god. Her first ever high school block, she goes up and (laughs) they hit it so hard to her, she falls over. I got the block. 
Do you guys have similar interests outside of sports? School-wise, no, like complete opposites. So I'm doing public health. I'm doing tech engineering education. It's not as what? intense as it sounds. <laughs> like I tell it to people and they're like, whoa. <laughs> like it's really not that bad. We like learn how to turn on light bulbs for kids. <laughs> What's your favorite music? What's your go-to music? Country. Country, yes! 100% me and Lacey country. country. Okay, fun fact. You facts. do? So no. you know who Keith Urban is, right? Yeah. Okay. Two years ago, he came to the Usana Amphitheater and he performed there. And he gave Wendy his guitar. He gave me his guitar, best night ever. Fast forward two years. We go to the same concert. A month ago. Get ourselves in the same spot. He picks me out of the crowd. <laughs> you have two Keith Urban guitars. Guys, let's, uh... This is burning. It's the moment of truth. This is a brick. This, this really is, this is a rock. I think you two should try each other's grilled cheese sandwiches, okay? Oh, come on. It's a good one. Here you Act like these are the same. <laughs> what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Honestly, I just think we're going to keep getting better. Um, I'm just excited for how good we can be, and I just think we're just going to keep growing. If you want to see these two in action, make sure you come to the Smithfield House on September 13th when they play Utah. Mm -hmm. Guys, oh, yeah. take them down. <laughs> Grilled cheese on three. Can you oh, yeah. One, two, three. Grilled cheese. <laughs> Women's volleyball team is on a roll. Next week on Between the Lines, we are doing Change My Mind on campus with our own Jerem Jordan. So if you guys want to argue with Jerem, make sure you come on Wait, campus is it tomorrow. Or persuade? Follow us on Twitter, BYU underscore BTL, <laughs> using the hashtag BYUBTL. Well, I, I don't want to argue with anyone. I have it. enough people coming up to me at local restaurants saying, oh, you want to schedule a week? No, that's not yeah, have, Well, I meant to say have a pleasant discussion persuade, with Jared. Persuade, maybe? Yeah, there you go, okay, persuade. Yeah. Argue, argue what? Gold? Yeah, no, no, yeah. don't argue. Don't Lauren, argue great stuff. Anybody. Also, I think the chances of them both getting a Keith Urban guitar, that's like that's, winning the yeah, lottery. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be something about their face. Unbelievable like, story. Yes. Unbelievable story, right? Yep, it's yeah. awesome. Man. I think it's that they look the same. Uh, coming up, the post-week one bowl projections are out. Does ESPN think BYU is going bowling now? And David Nixon joins the fun after missing countdown to kickoff on Saturday. He wants to have his say about BYU's win against Arizona and push it forward to what if BYU starts the season 2-0 after beating Cal. This is BYU Sports Nation. What if they win every game? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, get the breakdown on Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's tonight at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day. If BYU football starts 2-0, two wins, no losses, then what? At SV Utility. We'll have a much better idea of the impact of the new coaching staff and offensive system on the program. Don't we already have a much better idea of their impact after BYU well, beat Arizona? It, no, I get it. It was one game. We need to see more. But that one game was pretty exciting. 
Yeah, hashtag BYUSN. Join the conversation 24-7 on any of the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is our good friend David Nixon, fresh off uh, attending a wedding, but he did catch the BYU football game. I know that. Even if he had to have it streaming on his phone in the line. I know. I know he was watching. David, great to have you on the phone, man. Hey, always good to be around here. All right, let's uh, just start with your immediate reaction to what you thought about BYU and Arizona. How would you sum up what the Cougars did against the Wildcats? So, as you mentioned, I had to, I had to DVR the game. Uh, and I went there to the morning and it's funny. I guess it's like the, the pessimistic side of me from, you know, carryover PTSD from last year. But I was kind of waiting for, for BYU to kind of cough the game up. I was like, when is the turnover going to happen? And when is a big deep bomb occur? And it never happened. And we just kept playing well and well and getting better and better throughout the game. And I continue to get more and more impressed with this team. And, and sure enough, we pulled out a pretty convincing victory. I think I think the score shows it being a little closer than, you know, we, we kind of let up let off the gas pedal there in the late in the fourth. But, uh, man, I was impressed. I, I loved uh, everything about this team. I, they just came out with a completely new identity, a team that was more disciplined. And more than anything, a team that finally had some energy and kind of some life thrown into it and it was fun to watch i mean other times i watched it my father we were high-fiving and, uh you know it's something that we just didn't have last year you know and yeah BYU won four games but a lot of those were against cupcakes and and finally playing against the arizona Pac 12 team and they looked great and it was, it was fun to watch i think you kind of gave everybody a new you know sense of life uh, and kind of a new outlook for this season more high fives, the better. That's what I say. Okay, Khalil Tate ran for 14 yards, which is incredible. So yesterday on Coordinator's Corner, Ed Lamb was pretty adamant that it was the BYU defense and not the Arizona Wildcat offense. We're going to play uh, a soundbite here from Ed Lamb, and then I want to get your reaction. The impression that um, that their offense, offensive coordinator for Arizona didn't try to run Khalil Tate is is absurd, and somebody just needs to go back and watch the the video. They they ran more than forty plays where he was designed to keep the ball, and uh, and every time you had Corbin standing there smiling at him, and then Zane or Shione, you know those guys can run too. And several of the times where he was able to kind of get an edge on on Corbin. And uh, against other teams, had been able to turn that corner. Zane and Zane and Shione were, you know, they're they're right there, stride for stride with them. Okay, David, did uh, was it BYU's defense or Arizona's offense that stopped Khalil Tate? I definitely think it's BYU's defense. I agree with that, Lamb. You know, going back and watching the film, uh, there were, like you said, a ton of plays where Corbin or Shione were just sitting there. Uh, and, and what that happens with that is, offense coordinator looks at that. They're, you know, they got guys up in the box, and they're looking down the field, and they see that. Hey, they've got guys literally spying our quarterback. Sometimes two players, two defensive players per player spying our guy. And so he's got to resort to something else. And so it kind of, kind of makes our offense coordinator decide to go elsewhere. And I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, looking back, like I said, there were one, sometimes two spies for Quill Tate. And that's why we really held him to 14 yards rushing, 1.8 yards per carry. And uh, I totally agree. It was a great game plan by BYU. Um, everyone knew that BYU tried to stop Quill Tate, but I think how creative they got by kind of giving different spies and different looks is ultimately what kind of scared um, and you know the offense credit for, for Arizona of, of trying to, to run them and do more RPOs and give them the option to run because they knew it would be taken away pretty quickly. David, I know we're going to see you on after further review tonight uh, on BYU TV, but before you go here on BYUS, and I want to get your opinion on the following question. It is our question of the day. What if BYU starts 2-0 after beating Cal? Then what? 
Well, I think the true test is game three. I, I, I think, you know, BYU's favorites this week, and I, I think now everyone kind of expects BYU to beat Cal. So my expectations stay about the same as they are already before the game. But obviously, if you can go on the road and beat a Wisconsin team, then the sky's the limit. Uh, but even then, you know, that's, you go on the road to Wisconsin, BYU, say they do lose, I go 2-1, uh, come back home, get another good win, and then head to Washington. That Washington game will be kind of a telltale sign as well. So, I don't think my expectations change a lot, depending on what the result this weekend. Obviously, uh, you know, with a win, it doesn't change much. A loss kind of maybe brings us all back down to earth a little bit. But, hey, we're riding this high of how good this team looked. Offensive line dominated. Uh, it was fun to watch those guys. A lot of new faces that played really well. Um, you know, penalties is one thing. BYU's got to continue to clean up. Tim penalties wasn't, is not acceptable. But no turnovers in your first game uh, on the road. Is, is fantastic. That's all you can ask for in your first game of the year is to just play a clean game and be all you did that. So a lot of great things to build on, a lot of things obviously to work on. We'll discuss that all on uh, AFR today. But, uh, you know, I think everyone's kind of excited to see uh, how the team continues to progress and see if we can continue to build on this and uh, see what type of season they can put together. David, congratulations. You get to do after further review after a season-opening win against a Power 5 team on the road. Do you even remember what that's like? I I don't, and it just feels so good. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, my friend. Uh, We'll look for you on AFR. Okay, sounds good. Take care, guys. That was a three-beep interview. (laughs) Plus, coming up, cuts happen for NFL players Saturday. Who made it onto the practice squad? Oh, man, I still can't believe Bronson Kafusi got let go by the Ravens. But at least he's got a new home, right? He's living in New York. He's got a new home. And how does Christmas in Shreveport, Louisiana sound, Jerem? you find out why I Christmas or a bowl game? <laughs> in a loaded Cougar whip around. Christmas is different than a bowl game, I'll tell you that. This is BYU Sports Nation. Independent! Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Shout out to today's guests. Austin Hoyt, first-class offensive lineman, and David Nixon. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast or go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Someone just tweeted, 3-beep interview equals 3-0 start. Nice. Oh, nice. Uh, Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. We're four days away from BYU and Cal. Watch post-practice media availability tonight, 7.35 Eastern Time on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. In the latest college football coaches poll, BYU opponents on the move. Wisconsin currently ranked 6th. Washington drops just outside of the top 10 to number 11. Boise State up to number 19. And ESPN's Kyle Bonagura has BYU playing Wake Forest in the Independence Bowl in his post-weekend college football bowl projections. The Independence Bowl takes place on December 27th in Shreveport, Louisiana. Cougars in the NFL. Didn't Bill Bender have BYU in the Independence Bowl as well? Yeah, it makes sense. There you go. All right, now to the NFL. Bronson Kafusi signs with the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets practice squad while DeAndre Wesley signs with the Buffalo Bills practice squad. Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs has been placed on injured reserve. Volleyball. The ladies move up to number three in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars were previously number nine, went 3-0 last week, including a win over number one ranked Stanford. Ronnie Jones-Perry is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. RJP, Jerem, finished the week with 49 kills, 24 digs, while recording her 1,000th career kill in a win over top-ranked Stanford. The Cougars are 5-0 this season, and as you just mentioned, 
ranked number three. Today's rise and shout belongs to who? Women's volleyball up to number three. Are you kidding me? That's fantastic. This is one of the best BYU women's volleyball teams we've seen. It's early. It's way early. But so far, so good. Will they have the opportunity to host beyond that just be the awesome. first two rounds of the NCAA? They're playing a really tough schedule. They're going to play, what, number 10 USC. They're playing top 15 uh, Utah coming up next week, I think. So there's a bunch of tough games coming up for BYU women's volleyball. Let's go. Yeah, USC, now they have that Utah on their back. Yes. Let's go. If BYU starts 2-0, and Jerem, in football, then what? That They'll is the question of the day. Let's go back to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TayJoyce88 on Instagram. Then BYU is going to a bowl game. These were 50-50 games, so these two ensure six, if not eight wins. No, these were not 50-50 games. No. BYU was a 10-point dog. That's not a 50-50 game. That's a loss. And, and then BYU, BYU was an, an underdog against Cal until they beat Arizona. Yes. And now the, pe- but we the thought- experts in the desert have changed their minds. Yeah, they're mostly expert at Dr. Mom 482 Nice. Then guaranteed bowl game. But not time to get cocky. Beat Wisconsin, Washington, then we'll go crazy. Uh. <laughs> we said we'd go crazy if BYU started 2-0. Oh, yeah. We went crazy for 1-0. Yes, We're going crazy right BYU now. BYU is a win. We've been nuts for years. BYU is a win against Callaway from starting the 2018 season after a 4-9 season, 2-0. Coaching matters. At DB underscore Nelson 22, also on Instagram. And BYU has nothing to lose in Game 3. So lay it Except all the out game. on the table and see what BYU can do. Yeah, just be competitive, be physical. Uh, perhaps BYU matches up better than we thought with Wisconsin. <sighs> we'll get to that next week. Yeah, maybe, maybe BYU, if they start 2-0, won't be a 20-and-a-half-point underdog against Boise State. <laughs> yeah, that one was dumb. Get out of <laughs> here. People are like, well, I can understand. No, that's just stupid. Yes. That's just stupid. Yes. At Passer. Is that on Twitter? I think it is. At Passer? Like, yep. that's... That's that's what it says. At Passer. <laughs> really? <laughs> at Passer? That's an unexpected start. BYU starts 2-0. The coach has instilled a weak oh, no, do-it more. attitude. The sky is the limit. It's more than just at Passer. I was like, they got the handle at Passer? At Passer Run. They were in oh, in 07. At Passer Run B. And got at Passer. Okay. All right. And you couldn't get at Spencer Linton. You just got at under Spencer underscore Linton. Yeah. The elite voice of the day, Jerem. Andrew Garrett on Facebook. He just says one word. When. With an asterisk. With an asterisk. Meaning when BYU right. goes 2-0. Yep. Mm-hmm. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Who should we shout out to today, Jerem? Let's think about it for a sec. Um, let's go BYU golf. How about Daniel Summerhays? I was going to say Ron Solis. Oh! <laughs> go Cougs!